The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. All right, yes, this is the Mr. Nelson Show. 332. Oh boy, I know Halloween is long gone, but the horror show continues. So, um, of course, Trump uh, will not concede uh, so far, and everybody, you know, all the media wagons are circling around the Democrats and Joe Biden. You know, and, well, we called it, which means absolutely nothing. But of course, the education of civics in this country and, and along with history is. To coin a phrase, a word, deplorable. <laughs> People are incredibly ignorant of law and whatnot. We go through this all the time, electoral college and all that. Uh, but the latest, which is not much different from last week, uh, is uh, the irregularities in Trump's uh, filed in a lot of different uh, uh, courts. Uh, they've withdrawn in Arizona, I believe. And the uh, Secretary of State says she will not order a recount. Uh, she's being challenged on that. And we'll see how it plays out. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Trump team has oh, nearly 300 pages of affidavits from uh, over 100 witnesses of uh not outright fraud, but bizarre orders and tactics and things that went against rules and regulations and violations of law in the case of a chain of custody concerning ballots and all this sort of thing. And so there's no evidence. No, that is evidence in a court of law. And uh, so they're in danger of perjury should they, if this stands uh, to that they made it up or what have you. Uh, meanwhile, the reactions of certain people in the post office and what the higher ups and and the state of Pennsylvania and Michigan uh, just hanging up on people and screaming at reporters talking to them. Uh, why is that? I don't know. Uh, when you got the goods, you just say, no, that's BS. Here's what happened, and this is the reasons why and all that, you know. Meanwhile, uh, you may have heard of the software Dominion. <laughs> it's an ominous title, if ever there was one. Uh, a Canadian uh, company com coming in to help uh, them tabulate votes. And one of the New York Times tried to play fast and loose with this, and I think even the Daily Caller fell for this stunt, where it says, no, no, it didn't have anything to do with it. The only point they made that was, uh, if it's true, which at this point I don't know who to believe anymore, uh, was that uh, some of the counties in question in Michigan didn't even use the software. And the ones that did only used to tabulate the votes, well... <laughs> At first, they said they didn't use it at all. Then they said, well, one of the uh, counties did. Um, but only to tabulate the votes. Uh, I, do you hear yourself? You know, uh, so uh, that was one. Is, uh, Pennsylvania is just a complete and utter mess. Uh, and the basic questions of, of, of election night, uh, when uh, Pennsylvania and uh, Wisconsin and Michigan and uh, along with Georgia... Um, they, you know, they start or in North, South Carolina, now I'm forgetting the states, but they all said, oh, we had to stop. And there's no real explanation for this. And then, and certainly in Georgia, 
uh, it was revealed that no, they actually kept counting when they told people they had stopped. So that's a big problem, a big no-no. Tons of cases here where observers were not allowed to see it. So there's no transparency. That's a huge problem as well. Will it be addressed? Well, Trump's already lost in Arizona on uh, court cases there. It's just a matter of the judge he goes before. Yeah, I, and so ultimately, for a lot, of, he may win here, and he, he did win a case in Pennsylvania. I mean, obviously, they did not obey their own election law. They used a judge to overrule it, which you really can't do. This did go before the Supreme Court before the election, and the Supreme Court voted to punt. Thanks, John Roberts. <laughs> the deciding vote. Yeah, and so. Uh, they didn't hear the case, which they should have, could have avoided a lot of mess here because you, the states have their election laws and you have to abide by them. If you wanted to change it, you go through the legislature to do that. You cannot go to a judge and have them say, yeah, it's fine. There are stipulations where someone's late with voting, like and most of the time it's like 8 p.m. Okay, the polls close. That's it. Um and he would get a judge to keep it open for an hour or whatever because there was some untoward event, you know, a natural disaster or something like that. But it would have to be something like that on that scale under those uh, conditions. Otherwise, law stands. But here, it was to continue receiving ballots three days later. <laughs> and plus, the suspicion here is why stop the count like that? Well, uh, they discovered Trump was uh, overperforming, and he did. Uh, so, as it stands now, and this plays into the bizarre uh, mathematical anomalies that occur in these battleground states. Number one, Trump overperformed. That cancels out all the polling data we had, except for a few who said he would probably win. Um, but the majority of polling and the traditional pollsters and whatnot all said he was going to lose. Uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 10 points, give or take three or four, uh, to Biden. Uh, they did not expect the turnout to be quite like this. I mean, they were expecting it to be huge and whatnot. But when you put it all together and you realize that this means that Joe Biden <laughs> is the most popularly elected president <laughs> ever, he's more popular than Barack Obama. Now, no fan of Barack Obama, but he could get a crowd. He sure did. He was a rock star. Biden couldn't get a crowd to save his life. Uh, it, it just, you know, it's very difficult to swallow that pill in, in that aspect. Meanwhile, Trump himself performs, you know, there's the 70 million. I... <laughs> You know, I you just, I'll just ignore that. No, no, it doesn't just go away because it's inconvenient. So it, it doesn't uh, apply to it. Meanwhile, also, the next day, uh, you know, the Wednesday morning, oh, Biden's got hundreds of thousands of votes and, you know, he's on to victory. He'll get the 270 and all that. And the ballots are just for him in a I, you know, so it's just, well, you know, some people only vote and they don't, you know, and they come in, they're new voters or whatever, they're excited about the presidential election and they don't even bother with the down ballot. Well, that is possible. It does happen. Not in the hundreds of thousands like that. And just 
how convenient it was necessary to overturn Trump's lead. You know, that's a problem. And there's been no attempt to answer it. Just shut up and uh, accept it and move on. No. Uh, Joe Biden may very well come out of this and with all the forces aligning against him. And you have the, just the naked corruption here with what happened with Pfizer. What did they do? They announced they have a vaccine magically after the election. Come on. You know, and say, well, why would a corporation stab Trump in the back? Aren't, is it corporate America for the Republicans? No. No, they're not. They're mostly for the Democratic Party and have been for decades now. It's just, it's just the way it is. They want to be at the top and pay that protection racket that the Democrats, what the Democrats are always about. And they want that goddamn protection, not just from the Democrats, which that's the chief reason for it. And by Democrats, I mean government, because the government is mostly Democrat, uh, bureaucratic powers, which never leaves and you cannot vote them out. And so they want protection from that, of course, but they also want protection from the competitors. And they're going to get it. Biden will do that for them. His chief of staff is a lobbyist for the tech companies, by the way, who tweeted not long ago that, yes, American elections are rigged. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Plus, he was the guy in charge of the swine flu thing and said, oh, man, we just got lucky because, boy, did we poop the bed on that. <laughs> so I'm sure they'll do great work for COVID. Yeah. COVID is all Trump's fault, is it? Yeah. What was he going to do? Yeah. Biden wants to open the borders again. Yeah. I mean, he went back and forth because at the time, Biden said he was a bigot and a xenophobe for wanting to shut the borders down. They all did it. You know, uh, hug an Asian and go to Chinatown and dance and stuff. Then all of a sudden, people started dropping like flies in March. That was the peak. Uh, Cuomo, of course, put a bunch of old people in with COVID positive patients. And yeah, they they all died. Yeah. And he says, well, Trump made me have a pathetic excuse. And uh, he may very well be a candidate for president one day. You know, certainly a power player, no matter what, despite he should resign immediately and be investigated. But yeah, <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. So this is the crew that's going to make it okay. And the bulk of that was, well, it's 200,000. It was supposed to be 2 million. That was it. No, it's going to be. It was already, even at the time they got Trump to react to this. It was a done deal. The, the, the thing was to avoid three million. It's nowhere near that. And it was aggressive at first in March. That you know it hit hard. And, you know, and, and it's all very sad. And then a funny thing happened. Doctors figured out how to treat it, and they've been doing that ever since. Uh, the deaths flattened. The cases rise. You either have had it, didn't know it, or you will get it. And uh, people 10 years from now will die from this, depending on what their health is at the time. But with a 94.6 with a, with a survival rate, don't want to say 95, everyone freaks out. Pretty damn close to 95%. For people in their 70s, it's pretty damn good. And so there is no call for lockdowns. But you're going to get it because Biden's guy says we need to go to four to six weeks of lockdown while we disperse uh, this uh, vaccine. So so why would Pfizer stick uh, stabs Trump in the back? Well, you know what Trump did? 
He went after the pharmaceutical company's pricing on your, your medications. Yeah, he says, it's unfair that Canada has sm- uh, less uh, uh, lower prices than we do. Eight years of Democratic power with Obama, Obama and Biden, and they just couldn't seem to do that. Why? Because Pfizer paid the protection racket. Obama didn't lower the cost of health care. He increased it. I mean, I, you know, this is a guy telling old people to just go home and take a pain pill. Yeah, pacemakers are too expensive. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> so, look, can't blame poor Biden. He's not even there. He's all senile. Uh, all his crookedness is exposed, but it doesn't matter. Get him in there. It's all right. And uh, with his perverted coke addicted uh son making deals yeah see uh china's currency collapsed that night and well they had to do something so i think they shut it down how many votes do we need (laughs) and suddenly there's all these ballots with nothing but biden's name on it so hallelujah you know but don't worry harris will be the real president yeah, she got her start in politics by going down on Willie Brown, yeah, San Francisco mayor. But I'm not even upset with her about that. I understand Willie Brown's wife would have been. But I never married Willie Brown, so what do I care? But, man, it really grates when you understand that she kept those black men in prison withholding exculpatory evidence. How about that, huh? Plus, she called Joe Biden a racist and a rapist. But when she was called on the carpet about that, she just started laughing. <laughs> it was a debate. In other words, don't be stupid. Of course, I was lying. <laughs> I didn't really give a shit. I was just trying to take the old fart down. You know, all that stuff, being teary-eyed about being a young girl in the 70s during the busing and all that. <laughs> Did that get to your heartstrings? Ha <laughs> ha! Fooled you. Yeah. Oh, well, there it is. Here's some Nelson news. And uh, I'll talk about some um, stories about nuclear war and aliens and stuff. <laughs> and at the close. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. The New Yorker fires Jeffrey Tubin following investigation into Zoom masturbation allegations. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. Longtime New Yorker staff writer Jeffrey Tubin has been fired from the magazine following the completion of an investigation into accusations that he exposed himself while allegedly masturbating during a Zoom call with colleagues last month. Condé Nast, which owns The New Yorker, reportedly announced Tubin's departure Wednesday in an internal memo obtained by the Daily Beast. I am writing to share with you that our investigation regarding Jeffrey Tubin is complete, and as a result, he is no longer affiliated with our company. Condé Nast Human Resources Chief Stan Duncan wrote to staff, adding, I want to ensure everyone that we take workplace matters seriously. We are committed to fostering an environment where everyone feels respected and upholds our standards of conduct. Tubin himself confirmed his departure from The New Yorker, tweeting, I was fired today by The New Yorker after 27 years as a staff writer. I will always love the magazine, 
will miss my colleagues. <laughs> I imagine so. <laughs> Some more than others, apparently. Anyway, and we'll look forward to reading their work. Uh, yeah. In mid-October, Vice reported that Tubin had been suspended by the New Yorker for exposing himself during a Zoom call involving his colleagues at the magazine, along with some employees from WNYC Radio. The piece was updated later to clarify that Tubin was allegedly seen masturbating by the other participants on the virtual meeting. Tubin told the outlet at the time, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake, believing I was off-camera. I apologized to my wife, family, friends, and co-workers. I believed I was not visible on Zoom. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video. Yes, well, you muting is when you mute the sound, not, uh, not the video. So, yeah, I think that's where he messed up. Uh, plus, uh, jeez... <laughs> You couldn't wait five minutes? <laughs> anyway, uh, meanwhile, uh, he was also a legal analyst for CNN. So uh, well, when news of Tubin's suspension by the New Yorker broke, CNN released a statement saying, Jeff Tubin has asked for some time off while he deals with a personal issue, which we have granted. CNN, at press time, has not weighed in on whether Tubin will remain at the network and has not yet responded to a request for comment from Fox News. Tubin has not appeared on CNN since before the scandal broke. I don't know, considering the current standards of CNN, he should fit right in. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. Chastity. There's nothing wrong with that. Except it happens to be my name. But so far I haven't lived up to it. I'm a bummer and a loser, hitchhiking to nowhere. So, I just stand here, wearing a tired smile and a tight sweater, waiting for a lift. Because I'm going wherever you're going. See Cher as Chastity in a different kind of motion picture. Chastity in color, rated R. Say, what you wearing there, boy? Hey, oh, this is my Bubba Stargon t-shirt. Bubba Stargon? Oh, man, is that all the characters is that little Mr. Spot? It sure is. Oh, man, where can I get one? Oh, <laughs> you gotta head over to the Mr. Nelson store. Mr. Nelson store? Where that? Oh, you gotta head over to Zazzle.com, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E.com, and look up the Mr. Nelson store. Yeah, M-R-N-I-L-S-I-N. <laughs> yeah, it's just that simple. Oh, man, I'm gonna get on that and get me a Bubba Star concert. Yeah, you'll be the envy of your friends. Yeah, except you're the only one friend I got. Well, uh, you'll make more with a cool shirt like it. Oh, yeah! That's right, friends. Head over to the Mr. Nelson store at Zezzle.com where you can get your Bubba Stargon shirt and other great Mr. Nelson products. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. A 64-year-old woman and her 43-year-old son are facing criminal charges as they were allegedly caught having sex on the couch in their Massachusetts home. Cheryl Lavoie and her son Tony have been charged with incest in connection with a late-night encounter inside a residence in Fitchburg, a city 40 miles from Boston. 
During an arraignment, both Lavois pleaded not guilty to the felony count. A district court judge ordered the pair to have no contact with each other. Tony Lavoie's wife told police that she walked in on her husband having sex with his mother on the living room couch. The woman said that both Lavoie's were naked and that Cheryl was atop her son. During police questioning, Lavoie's reportedly admitted to the consensual sexual encounter with both claiming it was their first time together. I don't want to talk about it. I made a mistake, and I am embarrassed enough as it is, Tony Lavoie told police. Yes, we did have sex. It just happened, he added. When asked how it just happened, Lavoie said he was playing a video game in the living room when he and his mother just started to kiss and have sex. Cheryl Lavoie told cops that I was on top of my son on the couch. When they were caught by Tony's wife, Cheryl explained that myself and my son have gotten a lot closer over the last few months, and we just had sex after we were kissing. Asked if she had removed her own clothes, Cheryl replied, No, we took off each other's clothes. According to the Fitchburg Police Department report, Tony Lavoie did not appear nervous or upset about having sex with his mother. It appeared to me that Tony was more embarrassed about getting caught by his wife, a patrolman noted. Lavoie's, each of whom is free on a personal recognizance bond, face a maximum of 20 years in jail if convicted of incest. Since her name was not on the apartment lease, Cheryl Lavoie has relocated from the family's residence. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. Well, that was disgusting. Uh, so I was thinking, oh boy, I need a theme for this month like I did with uh, Halloween month. And uh, just to show how terrible I am, I can't come up with anything for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I thought about conspiracy theories because of the assassination of Kennedy and all that. And I might get into that at some point, but you got to do the actual research. And I just don't have the time right now. <laughs> so... Uh, I think I may have covered this a little bit before, but I have stated that I was, I've always been obsessed with Orson Welles' War of the Worlds radio broadcast, uh, which of course is a Halloween feature, but, uh, the template of that uh, has been repeated, uh, in, uh, other forums. Uh, and, uh, a while back I played, uh, the Peoria, uh, plague, which is what it's called. I don't know what its original title was. The radio station did where they came up with their own idea rather than, um, you know, invaders from Mars. And it was like a zombie plague broke out and all that. And it's pretty damn cool, you know? Um, and other radio stations would do, but they would always do War of the Worlds, their own version of it. And some of them are really good and some of them not so much. But, um, you know, it's cool stuff. But in the 80s, uh, in the latter days of the Cold War, that we didn't know it was the latter days, but it was, uh, the fear of nuclear war was still very prevalent. And uh, especially when Reagan came in, because that was the big thing that he was determined to get us into World War Three. 
Uh, he ended up doing the exact opposite. <laughs> Peace rang out. <laughs> uh, but but uh, the, the, our, our media people know better, don't they? <laughs> so there was a number of, of this of programs. There was another a number of nuclear war movies, and you know the Testament and uh, Day After, and all that sort of stuff. But um, the War of the Worlds template was applied in this uh, uh, episode or special um, movie, I guess you would say, TV movie that NBC did in the early '80s called Special Bulletin. And uh, I remember watching it at the time when I was a kid, and I thought, wow, this is so cool, because I was already heavily into War of the Worlds, you know, and here they were doing this, where it's presented as this, it, 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 they called it RBS, I believe, not NBC, but that's what it is. It starts off, you get these fake commercials uh, and an ad for a soap opera and all this sort of stuff. Then all of a sudden, oh, it's special. Back then when you got a special bulletin from the news, it was something shocking, you know, uh, an assassination or something instead of today where it's every other five seconds. <laughs> uh, but but uh, so they do this and it entails the story of this uh, leftist terrorist group because back in those days, you had a lot of leftist terrorists. Now it's just all islam you know <laughs> sorry but it's true so these guys managed to get uh or create a nuclear device and they hold uh oddly enough the city of charleston hostage during this ordeal and a reporter television news reporter is held hostage by them and he broadcast his report to the national news of rbs news and they go through uh, the process there, and it, it's very well done. It's the best of these. There were more made uh, on this subject matter and others. Uh, one actually does involve alien invasions, <laughs> and another one, uh, a trip to Mars. I will get to those, but the right out the bat, the best one is this one. It is available on YouTube if you get a chance to check it out, called Special Bulletin. Uh, it's very good, and uh, they go through all the... Uh, media uh, aspects and how news is handled and stuff. And it's still rather relevant today, even though it doesn't play out that way uh, as it did then. Uh, but it's just very well done and very good. And uh, they do perform it well, uh, even though later on it just falls apart. You've got to be able to do this in a means by which you come across as it's actually happening, you know, and uh, so uh, the actors play the anchorman very well and the anchor woman and all that. And the news reporters do pretty good. And then you have people, uh, you know, man on the street type interviews and all this stuff. And it's just very well put together and comes across quite believable that this is how that could have happened had, if it had, you know, and they have all the backgrounds, the different terrorists and stuff and who they were and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, and a shocking ending. <laughs> Gee, can you guess how it ends? <laughs> so do check it out. Um, when I'm done uh, talking about these uh, shows and movies, uh, it, it, it will I will end with the absolute worst of the batch. <laughs> it they kind of deteriorate. The next one, uh, same uh, theme of, of the threat of nuclear war and that sort of thing uh, will be in it, but it's a little different from the rest, but I still include it because it uses elements of the uh, news broadcast narrative uh, telling their story. So 
But anyway, special bulletin. Check it out. Uh, I imagine there's probably a better version of it if you wish to purchase it. But uh, if you just want to check it out, all of these that I'm going to discuss are available uh, on YouTube. All right. There you go. I don't know what happens next week. Fortunately, I appear to have survived Friday the 13th as I'm typed to this. <laughs> I was wondering, gee, what's going to happen? <laughs> Haven't we suffered enough? <laughs> By the way, they're still finding more murder hornets. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> and I, I got home from work today, and I, every time, almost every guy I had to uh, cash out, it, the number 666 was in there. <laughs> Sometimes it was actually the change it was $6.60 and the guy said, oh no, I'm not taking that. <laughs> but it kept coming up and I was like, oh God, this really is Friday the 13th. Oh, geez. Well, let's hope we're all still here for next week so you can get your weekly dose of the Nelson Show. Uh, hopefully I'll, I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. You were a Marxist at one time in your life. Most people will find this hard to believe, but it is true. But it's not that unusual. Uh, most of the, of the leading conservative uh, thinkers of our ta time uh, did not start off as conservative. You had a couple like uh, Bill Buckley and uh, George Will. But I mean, Milton Friedman was, was, a, was a liberal and a Keynesian. Uh, Hayek was a socialist. Ronald Reagan was so far left, at one point the FBI was following him. So then what was your wake up to what was wrong with that line of thinking? Uh, facts.